Psalms chapter 42 this morning. Psalms 42. I, I'm going to deal with an issue. It's a little deep for some, but I'm, God's going to help you and really do a work, I believe. There's a consensus in America that there is a mental health crisis. We're dealing with this now. Before COVID in uh, 2019, the average, uh, the percentages of Americans who were on psychiatric drugs was 15.8%. After COVID in 2022, it rose to 24%. That's 50 million Americans are on some kind of antidepressant anxiety or sleep medication right now in the United States over 50 million people New York State was the highest growing in percentage It's just shy of the national average at 23%, but it is the one that took the biggest leap at 50% more people from from 2019 to 2022 are now on psychiatric medication. It is described as a mental health crisis in America, epidemic issues. This is prescribed, this is not self-prescribed, this is not dealing with alcoholism, it's not dealing with the opioid crisis of those who take it beyond. And those numbers, those percentages, by the way, come from the Center of Disease Control and and Prevention in the United States. The text we're going to read, David is honest. Depression is real. Mental anxiety is real. To deny that is foolishness. But there's an answer. And David gives us that answer. And I want to look with you at it. Psalms 42. We're going to skip around a little bit. Let's start in verse 5. He says, Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. Even I am distant from Mount Hemron, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mazar. Verse 11, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior, my God. These terms, why am I discouraged? In other translations of the English Bible, it's cast down crushed? Why is my heart breaking? Why am I in the dumps, depressed, or very sad? This is a reality that, def- that there is a reality that people get depressed. 
They have emotional down days. I wish that I got up every day and, you know, I got threw the covers off and jumped out of bed and went, this is the day that the Lord has made. But if you're honest, it's not always that way. Psalms 102, David takes time, or the psalmist takes time, and he's describing it. In verse 3, he says, For my days disappear like smoke. Uh, My bones burn up like a red-hot coals. Verse 4, My heart is sick, withered like the grass. I have lost my appetite. That's very interesting that some people, when they get into depression, they lose their appetite. Others turn to food for comfort. Verse 7, I lay awake, sleeplessness, lonely as, a solitary, uh, solid, uh, lonely as a solitary bird on a roof, the feeling of being alone, isolated. Verse 9, I eat ashes for food, my tears run down into my drink. Verse 11, my life passes as swiftly as the evening shadow, withered away like grass. Here's a spiritual description of something that's real. We can't ignore this. Right? That this is real. People face this. There's a real dynamic in people's lives. And some people battle this. They're constantly battling depression. They're constantly battling the thought of uh, heaviness and and again this shows up sometimes in sleeplessness it shows up in despair feelings of loneliness and all of these kinds of things you know if you take a heavy weight and you put it on a pillow say a memory foam pillow it will depress that pillow but if you take it off quickly remove that weight it will come back to its original form. But if you leave it on there for a long extended period of time, it will damage the pillow that it will no longer return to its normal state. When we're pressed down due to normal pressures of life, circumstances, we can rebound. But long-term depression can begin to really affect people and have an absolute mark on who they are and the state of who they become. Psalms, 100, uh, Psalms 13, rather, in verse 2, How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? The New Living uh, uh, the New uh, International Version says, How long must I wrestle with my thoughts day after day? Have sorrows in my heart. How long will my enemies triumph over me? There are three basic kinds of depression. There's situational depression. This is a reaction to life. This is a reaction to getting an unexpected bill. To hearing some new, to coming out and having a flat tire on your car. To maybe something more critical like losing your job. These are things that happen to every one of us. They are simply based on the circumstances 
of the moment. Some people, you know, uh, they can be depressed if they miss out on something, uh, some kind of event, if their sports team loses. What, you know, all of these kinds of things can seemingly affect people, right? That, that situation, although that passes, right? I've been depressed because I came out and had a flat tire, but I didn't have a flat tire this morning, so I'm, it's, it's, not, it's gone. It's not there. There are people who are just melancholy. This lurks under the surface. They, uh, this can be linked to sometimes physical. How many know when you're sick, you're depressed? Because sickness, physical sickness can just be like Bleh. I remember one time, we were, it was one of, one of the proverbial years, I've talked about years from hell. And uh, I just, I had no energy. I mean, I was just, and my, and my wife's like, come on, get, snap out of it. You know, this, uh, turned out I had pneumonia. And that's why I was being depressed. It's like it was a physical thing. I was sick. I couldn't breathe right. I, you know, yeah. I mean, no, if you can't breathe right, it's kind of depressing. Right? It's, it's, and so there's those kinds of things. There's, there's things like that. There's sometimes issues of trauma. This can be more involved. Something that's happened to you. Something that maybe someone violated you. Something that's happened beyond that undermines your whole sense of who you are. What value you have. And it affects and can begin to lurk under the... This doesn't just work under the surface. This actually begins to come out. And it's like there's always a cloud over your head. In the peanuts, Linus, because he was dirty, always had the cloud. But he was also very pessimistic. You could always tell it was, you know, this pessimism that was always there. And you can just tell some people, they, that's what they are. They're just pessimistic because they're, there's, there's, this is inside of them. This is scriptural. Proverbs 14, 13, laughter. Boston, sorry. Laughter can conceal a very heavy heart. But when laughter ends, the grief remains. They try to cover it up. Ah. Neurosis, psyche, depression, despair. The end of this can be suicidal thoughts, dilatating, self-destructive, undermining behaviors. You ever meet people that it's like they always are undermining and destroying opportunities, blessings, relationships? Job says, and of course this was very situational for Job, the black night is their mourning. They ally themselves with the terrors of the darkness. Because here's the danger 
is some people like being depressed. They actually like it. It's easy. It's default. To be melancholy, you know, sometimes to be a little bit optimistical, to have faith, takes a little bit of work. When you're facing the mountain to say to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it's easy to say, this thing will never move. Why are we bothering? Why was I born? Right? That's easier. So it becomes a default. In our text, David, he's, he's dealing with one man, one woman said, To me, one time, if you read the Psalms, you would think that David sometimes suffered from severe depression. As we read in Psalms 102, as we read in our text. That there were, these are real. Why is my heart so sad? He questions this. He's dealing with it. Why, he asks himself again and again, why am I like this? Why am I like this? Why is my heart so sad? Why am I in despair? Why? I believe that points to probably a long-time problem. This is King David we're talking about. We're talking about one of the most prominent men in all the Bible. Usually the big three besides Jesus that people know about are Moses, David, and Paul. Abraham, too, maybe. But you're dealing with people. This is one of the most prominent names in the Bible. Verse 10, their taunts break my bones. Psalms 42.10, their taunts break my bones. They scoff, where is your God? People will describe mental torment as almost in a physical pain structure. They'll describe it as something that I'm going through and it physically hurts. They can be sometimes actually show up in pain. The terms tormenting dark, depressing. We're going to get out of this, by the way, but just hang in there. Some hope for the feeling to lift. They can't get it, so they'd rather just medicate. But then it becomes a self-condemning spiral downwards. If I was only stronger, I could get out of this. If I was only better, I could get out of this. If I was only whatever I could get out of this. And it becomes this horrible place to live. There can be physical sources to it. You could be sick. Sometimes it's improper food and diet. Rest. There can be Issues, uh, medical issues, there can be 
physical, thyroid glands can get out and people can get short-tempered and all, you know, your liver can be misfiring and you can have all, you know, these can be truly happening in a physical realm. A doctor can find out, sometimes they have to test and test and test. Left untreated, sometimes people will even say they have chronic pain. The mind is amazing. When in Australia, there was one of the pastors of Hillsong. He wasn't the main pastor. He was actually the son of the main pastor. He one day made up the story that he had cancer. And that he was being treated for cancer. It turned out... Long story short, he had a you know he he was very bad with money. He had a, por- a pornography addiction, and and it was just he's trying to cover it up. But he actually began to say he was taking chemotherapy. He'd actually go to the hospital and just wander around. His wife would drop him off, and he would just wander around the hospital instead of getting chemo. But he would tell everybody he was on chemo. He got to the point where he actually physically needed an oxygen tank. There's nothing wrong with him. He does not have cancer, but his mind has now created problems in his body. Some physical problems are really mental health issues. There are emotions out of control, unresolved. You know, bitterness is anger undealt with. The Bible says you're going to get angry. There isn't anyone in I never get angry. We never fight. Any marriages that never fight are... You, mm. <laughs> Hiroshima will be, seem like a small firecracker compared to the explosion that will happen in your marriage. You're going to get angry. But be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down in your wrath. Deal with it. Move on from it. People who don't move on, bitterness, sometimes it's fears. Fears play out in emotions and they cause all sorts of anxiety. Rejection. Loss or abandonment. A serious setback in life. These can create problems in people that they can't get beyond. That they can't move beyond. There was a hit song in Europe when we lived there by a Canadian group. And it was actually sponsored by MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving or Driving Drunk or whatever it actually is. They had written this song, and the point they showed in this video of this song that when the car accident happened, that the entire family was sucked into it. It was just a daughter. She was driving home, hit by a drunk driver, but how it affected the parents, how it affected the brother. There's sometimes just the sense of being overwhelmed. These are real. 
these happen. And probably one of the most common issues of mental distraction is the issue of sin. It's spiritual. That you deal with spiritual reality. You know what? You can't just sin and walk away and like nothing's happened. Sin alienates us from God, from every good and perfect gift that the Father would Leaves us feeling purposelessness. Leaves you full of guilt and anger and fear and isolation and delusion. It strips all joy out of your life. Deuteronomy 28 is the great blessing-cursing chapter. Blessed are you if you keep all the words. This book, when you come in, go out, da-da-da. And cursed are you when, you know, if you don't, when you go in, when you go out in your house, your city, whatever, and so... Verse 65 of Deuteronomy 28. These are among the nations that will find no peace or place to rest. And the Lord will cause their hearts to tremble, your eyesight to fail, and your soul to despair. When you don't keep the words of God, it leads to more problems. Deuteronomy 30 Verse 19, today I've given you a choice between life and death. Choose blessing, uh, between cursing, uh, between blessing and curse. Curses. Now, I call on heaven and earth as a witness to uh, the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that your descendants would live. When we choose sin, we choose against God. And that's going to be depressing. We choose our own lifestyle. Very depressing. It's very interesting that if you talk to people who are especially very immoral, they're also very fearful. Just as you witness to be, you notice people, if they're, the, the more immoral they become, the more fearful they become. A direct result of sin is that you open yourself up to spiritual forces that mess with your head. John 10.10, the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and destroy, but my purpose is that I will give them a rich and satisfying life. Nine times, I believe it is in the Bible, where the term tormenting spirits is mentioned specifically. This is real. People deal with it. But there's a cure. And it's not more meds. That's not the cure. Ecclesiastics 9.4, there is hope only for the living. As they say, it is better to be a living dog than a dead lion. David talks about the cure. In our text, he's bringing out that there's things we have to do if we're going to be free from depression. Pastor Stevens will come and he will talk about how, uh, and again, this is one thing I really appreciate about him, 
how and you know he comes from a family of with depression his two brothers committed suicide i same thing my brother committed suicide i understand and it linked to these psychological drugs this is why i hate them i hate them i don't hate you for taking them i hate what they do to people First thing is you have to engage your will. Not the gospel according to some must do better. I will pump myself up. You have to want to change. That's number 1. Do you want to be free? Like I said for some it's default. It's easier. It's easier to be depressed it's easier to be the victim it's easier to be that way i bear less responsibilities if i'm that way but you've got to first want to change you've i've even medical doctors will tell you that they can't do much for people in this place if they don't want to change do you really just just a question if you're on this kind of medication and I'm not judging you or anything like that I'm just asking do you really want to live the rest of your life that way is that really what you want I know people who have been on medicines that are supposed to be prescribed for 2 to 4 weeks and they've been on them for 4 to 5 decades I know people like that because it's easier. It's easier than dealing with some of our own sin. It's easier than dealing with some of our own fears. It's easier than dealing with the place we're in. Jesus wants to help you. Think about the man at the pool of Siloam. John chapter 5. When Jesus saw him, he knew that he had been ill for a long time and he asked him, "Would you like to get well?" "I can't, sir," the sick man said, "for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles. Someone else always gets there ahead of me." And Jesus told him, "Stand up, pick up your mat and walk." And instantly the man was healed. and he rolled up his mat and began to walk do you want to be healed now you would think someone who's lame and can't walk this would be obvious like would you like to walk yes i have seen pastor warner in prayer lines trying to get up i've seen it before they had to actually amputate part of his leg I've seen him try he would try he would he wanted to walk again. It was obvious that yes, he wants to do that. But Jesus asked the question to draw out the issue of this of his mindset. I have no one to help me. I can't do it. No, you can't do it on your own. 
Jesus didn't ask the question, do you want help? He asked, do you want to be free? So you have to settle that question because no one can make you be free from mental health issues. No one can. No one can make you want to be free. You have to decide, I want to be free. The term rise up literally means to collect one's facilities, roll up your bed, or rouse yourself. This was not something the man could do on his own, but he could do with Jesus' command. What's remarkable in the story in John 5 is he does it. He deals with it. In In our text... David asked those questions. Why am I discouraged? Why am I so sad? But he makes the statement, I will. I will put my hope in God. I will praise my God, my Savior. I'm deeply depressed, but I will remember. It's not strength, it's a decision. It's simply saying, I want God to help me. And it's as real as a physical issue. It's as real as dealing with some kind of physical issue of life. David says, think of this. God's going to help me. I'm going to hope. Did you know God wants to help you? It's not like you get saved and God says, well, I can heal your sprained ankle or your bad back or your bad whatever cancer, but your mind, good luck, hope you make it. I can help you with that. I can help you with that. Do you want God to help you with that? But if you do... Yes. He doesn't say put yourself, put your hope in yourself. He doesn't say put it in your friends or in the temple or in what. He says hope in God. This is critical. Do you want to believe that God has a better future for you? That you don't have to be part of the promise of a Christian is that you don't have to be like you are for all of eternity? Do you want to be like you are for all of eternity? That would be depressing for all of us. I want God to change me. I want God to help me. Psalms 9 verse 18, But God will never forget the needy, the hope of the afflicted, will never perish. God wants to help you. That's the first thing you have to grasp a hold of. God wants to help me. In the midst of how dark it may be, you grab a hold of, you know what? God wants to help me. Verse 6 says that, David says, I will remember God. My soul is cast down, but I will remember To keep in mind, to focus your attention 
even the problem with many much depression is it's self-focused. My failure is my fear. If you could focus on God for just a moment. See, the devil would try to make you forget about God. Forget that there's a God in heaven that wants to help you. Forget that he loves you. His nature is redemptive. The word to be saved is not just forgiven and going to heaven. It's actually to be made whole or to be healed. And that mental wounds are as deep, sometimes deeper, sometimes more debilitating than physical wounds, but God can heal them as well. David closes the chapter by praising God. You must vocalize you want freedom. You must say, God, I don't want to be like this anymore. I really want to change. I have seen people tremendously depressed, overcome issues, set free. But one thing is, do, is you have to vocalize it. Nebuchadnezzar was a king in the Bible. He got lifted up in pride and arrogance. And before too long, God smote his heart and he was out eating with grass. There's a video on YouTube. You can find some psycho in, I think it was Finland, went out and he lived among the goats eating grass and he made some things for his front legs and he would it's like how horrible it's totally disrespectful to God's crowning glory that he would act like a goat that he would eat grass and but this is what Nebuchadnezzar did He says that this, uh, Daniel 4, 36 and 37, which for a little theological aside, is probably Nebuchadnezzar's own writing that Daniel included in the book. Because it goes from third person to first person. And he says, at that time, my sanity was restored. My honor and my splendor returned to me. For the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out. And I was restored to the throne. And I became even greater than I was before. Now I Nebuchadnezzar praised and exalted and glorified the king of heaven. Because of everything he does is right. And all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride he is also able to humble. This is my sanity returned. God did something in my mind. Nebuchadnezzar's problem was never physical. It was here. God wants to set people free from depression. From anxieties. I'm not telling you if you take medication to stop. But I am telling you that you should talk to your doctor about getting off it. Because it's not helping you often. It just is covering up 
But I want to ask you the questions David asks. And then we're going to pray for some people. Do you want to be free? Number one, do you want to be free? I've seen people come to healing crusades, obviously in pain, obviously needing prayer, but they don't want to go up and they don't want to get healed. Number one, do you want it? Two, are you willing to vocalize your freedom? Are you willing to praise God? Depressed people will tell you how bad it is, but often they won't tell you how good God is. Are you willing to change the way you speak? Those are in your ability. Those are in your strength. There isn't anyone in here that you can't do that. To make the decision, I want to be like this, and to praise God. You do that, God will help you. We're going to see people free this morning. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. As I mentioned earlier in the sermon, sin is very depressing. Sin will always depress you. Jesus came to earth to die for our sins. He came to earth. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. As Isaiah prophesies that, that is actually about our freedom of our minds. But by his stripes we're healed physically. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Bruised for our iniquities. The reality that Jesus Christ died for our sins. Sin brings guilt and shame and horror and torment and sleepless nights and all of these kinds of things because we know we're violating not only ourselves, we're violating God, we're violating others, but God wants to forgive you. Once and for all, you can be forgiven from all your sins, all your torment, all of those things. God, in a moment of time, many people describe salvation as a weight lifted off of them. That depressing, heavy burden lifted off of them in a moment of time. And you're here and you're not a Christian. You want God to help you. I wonder if you'd slip up your hand and say, you know what, I want forgiveness. I want prayer. Pray for me. I'm not right with God. Maybe you're backslidden. You need Jesus to help you. Very quickly, slip up your hand. Thank God. Anyone else want to join an honest heart? Then I want to do something, and I want not to embarrass anyone. If one in four Americans... If one in almost four New Yorkers with the highest growth in this, if you will, I don't know how else to describe, the highest from 2019 to 2022, we are the state that leads the nation in the growing prescribing of anxiety and mental health medication. There are people here who are suffering 
under that kind of influence, under that kind of weight, under that kind of, as you read that psalm, why is my soul despair? Why is my heart sad? Why, why? And you ask the same, why? Why am I like this? Sometimes it's a physical issue. Sometimes it's a dietary issue. Sometimes you're just sick. I get all that. Sometimes it could be deeper. Sometimes it's circumstantial. And that will pass. But in our text, David is writing as if this is an ongoing long thing. And so I want to have this altar call a little different because, and I don't intend on embarrassing anyone. We're not going to ask you 50 questions. You just, you're dealing with that. Maybe it's come upon you recently. Or maybe it's been a long-term thing that you can't even remember when it started. But I believe God wants to set you free today. I know I'm preaching on seriously deep issues. I know I'm, I'm preaching into seriously personal issues of life. But I believe that there's a God in heaven that wants to help you this morning. If that's you, I wonder if you just simply raise your hand. No one's looking around. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Others, quickly, let God help you. I will make the decision you want to be free. Anyone else you want to join very quickly? Thank God, thank God. Many, many, many hands will come in. What I want you to do, and again, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to come and stand in the front. If you raised your hand, I want you to just come stand in the front. Because I want to pray for you. I feel the Holy Ghost. I really do believe this is the mind of God. God wants to help you. You don't have to live like that. Anyone else? Maybe you didn't raise your hand. You need to join these very quickly. Slip out of your seat. Come join these. We're not gonna give, I'm not going through why you feel like that. That's more depressing sometimes. Well, my cat died and my, you know, I got a bill that I didn't expect. And, you know, and my, when I was six, I was, you know, violating and, you know. And uh, that's more depressing. God wants you to be free. You don't have to live with this cloud over your mind. God, anyone else, very quickly. I'll join these. Okay. Those of you with your heads bowed, you can unbow your heads. We're going to pray. And God wants to set you free. Appreciate your honesty. This is something God says, David says, I will. God, you've made the decision first. I want to be free. God wants you to be free. You have to believe that. God does not want you to live like that. He does not want you to live constantly depressed. He wants joy. Right? Kingdom of God, we read it in our Sunday school. The kingdom of God is not in meat or drink, not in food and drink. It's in righteousness, doing what is right, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And depression doesn't allow you to have joy in the Holy Spirit. It might come fleetingly, but just like Proverbs said, laughter for a minute, but then the grief returns. 
We're going to pray a prayer. There's two things I want to just encourage you, you have to do in this prayer. One is to forgive. One is to forgive. Maybe it's yourself. Maybe you did stupid things. Maybe you've been involved in things that you're ashamed of and, and, they, and the guilt and the shame of that weighs upon you. You can be free from that. Maybe it's something else. Someone else violated you, did something horribly tormented your life. You can be free. I prayed with a young man from Mauritius, little islands off of the coast of Africa, in McDonald's, in a McDonald's booth, because we didn't have a church building in Ireland, and God set him free. He looked at me and said, what happened? Totally tormented. God can set you free in a moment of time. The second thing you have to do is want to be different. Recognize this as the devil. It's the devil tormenting you. And God doesn't want you to live tormented. I've come that you might have life. More abundantly, as the King James says, both in quantity and quality. And so you have to reach out. We're going to say in this prayer, God, I want that. Then you're going to make the decision and when this tries to come back, and sometimes it will because circumstances can change and all that, you're going to make the decision to say, I'm going to praise God. I'm going to praise God because He's good. Will you do that? Yes? I want you to say these words, Father in heaven, I thank you that your word does not condemn me for feeling this way. This is real. And I thank you that you're willing to help me. Father, I know that the chastisement of my peace was laid upon Jesus. And that's mine to claim. I'm speaking to the lies of the hell. Right now, demonic strategies are cast from my mind. You will leave and not return. I am forgiving myself for the foolish things that I did. I'm forgiving others for the violations against my life. And I am speaking freedom into my mind into my heart, into my soul. I'm casting out and leaving here depression and tormenting spirits. I'm repenting from any involvement in sin that has brought on this depression. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I'm speaking liberty to my mind, freedom to my spirit, that I may serve you with peace and joy in the Holy Spirit right now. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Let's begin to give him praise. Father, right now, God, I speak deliverance to my sister, God. Set her free right now, God. Touch my brother right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, God. Healing virtue right now. In the name of Jesus, God. Set my dear sister free, God. Touch her right now. 
Say, God, freedom right now in the name of Jesus Christ. God, touch these, God, right now, Lord. I speak freedom, God. Freedom from guilt and shame, God. Freedom, God, from torment right now. In the name of Jesus, God, right now, peace. God, not only healing of body, but healing of mind right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, God. Say, God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank God, thank God, hallelujah. Two things will help you. Two things will really help you. One is your, your speech. Don't, you know, uh, it's not positive mental thinking, but there is something about just keying on the negative all the time. You got to willfully try to stop. The other thing is read the Bible. Read the Word of God. Doesn't, you don't have to read 10 chapters a day and become a theologian. Just read something. Just read even one chapter a day. There's something protective over the mind of the Word of God. But the other thing you have to do is just tell God, tell yourself, I don't have to live like that. I don't have to be like that. I'm free. I'm going to be free. God's helping me. God's changing. And you've got to struggle. There's mindsets. There's things. Circumstances will happen. I get it. I, you know, uh, you, you know, you get days, you know, bad days, expensive days.